Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists, and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This conversation is an interesting one to me because it explores an art form I know absolutely nothing about, dance. Oya Bangura is a dancer and choreographer originally from Africa, came to this country as a child, studied with the National Dance Institute, the Alvin Ailey Dance Theater. She's going to explain to us how dance and movement reveal truth to an audience. Her story is an interesting one, and I hope you enjoy it. Very cool. We're rolling. All right. Hey, how you doing? Good. All right. <laughs> it's good to be indoors. So, uh, let me get the name right first. It's Oya Bangura. That is correct. correct? Oh, oh, awesome. All right. So, before we even start, all right, this is a special one because you come courtesy of uh, of my buddy Ed Uther, and Ed is Ed Ed Uther has started. Uh, he's helped me with every one of these podcasts just as a helping hand because he has a uh, a company similar to mine. Right. Um, but he's really become like a producer now. He's going out and getting guests. He's he's cutting things. So management. So all for of that. for those who are watching, uh, Ed's Ed's company is Id Unleashed. Id. Unleashed, id unleashed, like the id, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ed, thank you so much, my friend. Let's give Ed a nice round of applause. Ed is the man for all your uh, video production needs. Check out Id Unleashed, and uh, I can't thank him enough for for everything he's done and, and continues to do. He's a good human, very good human. He is good, and yeah. and uh, and how does how does how do you know Ed? Where do you guys? Oh gosh, um, Ed, I I don't even know what year. <laughs> what year, Ed? Uh, I don't even know what year. Probably. Five, six years now? No, it's even longer than that. Is it? Yeah. I came on the scene, I think, here in Long Island about like 2010 mm -hmm. uh, with one of the dance studios and like you were, you were already there. You were like I, there uh, and then like the different middle schools. Sure, and, sure, sure. It's like yeah. just everywhere. Everywhere I went, I was like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, Ed, Ed gets around. <laughs> yeah. Ed gets around. So, uh, so, all right, let's start. Let's, let's get right into it. Um, this is exciting for me because I, I've had a bunch of different kinds of artists on the, on the podcast, um, but I have had no dancers. Really? No dancers yet. You're my first dancer. So oh, I'm very excited because it's something. Wow. Yeah, I am not even, uh, it's an alien okay. uh, uh, position to me. Um, so before we get into the craft of it, uh, let's get into your story just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you were born in Africa, is that correct? Yes, so, Sierra Leone, West Africa. So how how old were you? How long did you uh, live there? And I came here in 79. So I was about five years old when I came here. Okay. Um, been here ever since. So, here. uh so do you have memories of that time or were you a little bit, a little yeah. bit? yeah my um my parents took my brothers and i to the, the village where my grandmother was um to live for the last like the six months before we moved here just so we would have some sort of an imprint okay uh so i remember you know being in the village and spending time with her and like the animals and like I had a little monkey like all these oh that's cool so yeah so those those memories are, are dear are dear wow. um but other than that it's more just connection here taking care of our family there right um, right yeah and were you uh were you always artistically inclined all the way from little little yeah well my, i actually found out once i started having an inclination towards dance and theater that my grandmother was an, was a dancer 
and she would go from village to village <laughs> in my country and like she would perform. Wow. They actually have a name for it, Sangajo, which is not a very nice name. Um, she had children, but what she wanted to do and what she really, really like her heart was set on was performing. So she would leave her kids with the family and literally go village to village to different parties and like host dances. Wow. Yeah. I was just like, so what's the, what's the word? Sangajo. And what does that mean? It's really like, hmm, I'm trying to be tactful. Now. Set, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, just I'm being very tactful. <laughs> very tactful. It's um, a, let's say a loose woman. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. Loose woman. And that's just because she liked performing. That's it. She just, that's what she wanted to do with with her life. She just wanted to to dance. She wanted to perform. Like that's what she wanted to do. So she went to village, to village, to village, to village, to village. So it's in the genes. There's no way around it. So, but when do you discover it as a kid? Um, well, for me it was, gosh, it's not actually a very nice story, but, um, when I was about five years old, um, the school that I went to, they had ballet, and I just kind of like walked into it, waiting for the bus. I was like, I just walked into it, and my mom allowed me just to kind of sit in the class, and I was like, ooh. So I started doing that. So then she would take me there. The teacher was not the best. Mm. Like she was not uh, someone that was kind to uh, a black person okay. in terms of dance. Um, ballet at that point, I remember her words were, "You'll never be a ballerina." because of your butt and and yeah interesting yeah and i from then on i was like anti-dance anti-ballet until about i want to say eight nine years old my brother joined a company in new york city that came into public schools okay and um he started dancing and i was like wondering why like he just would be so joyful Mm. and then um at a certain age um my grade was able to have that company um uh, visit and so then I auditioned for it and I started dancing with them and I absolutely 100% fell in love the <laughs> teacher was just like you're amazing look at those high knees right. like you know just all the things that you wouldn't expect right um and so that's when I fell in love about like eight nine years old well it's uh, interesting because and we're going to get into this because you were a teacher now as mm-hmm. well uh that and I've got this on some other podcasts with other people that the the encouragement yes makes a big difference when those instructors encourage you it changes your perspective on on how it goes but isn't that the same for for all artists absolutely right so those are those early yeah. teachers are, are very important the ones that go hey man you don't have it to the ones that go look at that high stepping you know, that's great all right so so eight or nine mm-hmm. is when you're starting to really you're encouraged you're you're what kind of dancing is it originally i mean you started ballet you didn't like that but what kind of stuff are you doing when you're in excited about it well with this particular company it was more about reaching the 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 students that were from like the underserved uh, sure. uh neighborhoods so you're not going to reach them with ballet you're not going right. to reach right there it's foreign to them right it's foreign to them so what this company did was just that learning instead of tendus they have a specific way of teaching a tendu okay um explain all right you're talking to a complete this is layman. foreign i know okay i know so a ballet tendu you point your toe forward and then you slide it back. Okay. Um, and, but this company, their tendu is you lift your knees, same thing, forward. You lift your knees up high and you put it down in front of you. So if you think of a clock, okay, 12 o'clock and then here, right. you lift your knees up and you put your foot down, you lift your knees up and you put it back down. Okay. Um, and it's more the gauge of success is how high can you get this student to get their knees up? How, mm. how, how straight can you get the student 
uh, to get their elbows. Right. How crispy can you get the fingers? And I'm using these words. Sure. These are the words that they actually right. use. And that's the gauge of success. And why is that more accessible than uh, the other? Ba- what, what was not every not every well being a flat footed person <laughs> and a lot of some Native Americans also flat footed. Being able to stretch your toes or have beautiful feet is something that ballerinas are supposed to have. Uh, we don't all have right. the high arches. Gotcha. So we have to work extra hard for that. Interesting. So finding a way uh, where your own body is your friend and not your enemy, and you're not being told that's this is beautiful and this is ugly. Wow. So that was that was it. Just being told, oh, that, look look how high her knees. Oh, can you get your knee up high? And, right. and, and that was the fun. And then the students are looking at each other like, I can get my knee up higher. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. So, right. so yeah, that just that, just the, the, the positive reinforcement yeah. of it. Uh, so what is it, we'll, we'll get into as you get older what it, what it is for you. But at that point, what is it about that art form that was the most attractive? Like, why didn't you become a painter or a music or what? You know, what was it about the movement? You don't ever want to see me paint. (laughs) Don't ever. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Right. But what was it about the movement? (laughs) Um, the music, the, it honestly, it was the teacher. It, it, it's not, it wasn't even about the dance. It was the teacher told, telling me, um, that I could do whatever it was. The mm. teacher's belief in me told me that I could do it. If a teacher told me that I could paint, I would believe it, right. and then I'd be a painter. Like, that's that's what it right. was about, which is why, of course, now I'm a teacher. Right. <laughs> so, But later on, then it became, oh, wait a minute. There's more to just the high knees and the straight right. elbows and the crispy fingers. Right. So they catch you with that first. <laughs> and then they rope you into, then I started taking ballet classes. Okay. And then I started taking jazz classes and tap classes and, and, and right. on and on and on. Now, early on, is there a particular one that... That's... My favorite was tap. Tap. Oh, oh, my favorite Still Why? to this day, secretly, a lot of people don't even know what that is it's my a, favorite. What is it about? The rhythms. And it's not even, it's a, tap is not dance. It's actually communication. Like mm. you're communicating. The same with West African dance, which is my specialty. Okay. Um, the drumming. The fact that you're making, you're, you're communicating with your body. You're communicating with your feet. Mm. You're communicating and, and having a conversation. Um, tap is just... It, it's, I think, the hardest also because anyone who is a tapper can see what you're doing. Even if there's a lot of like music and noise covering it up, they can see and they'll let you know like you missed a tap. Like mm. they can tell. Um, and it's the type of thing you're just so connected because you can feel it running through your body. Right. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Did you have heroes other than the teachers that you had? But did, oh my were, gosh. were you exposed to, you know, Yes. The, the, the greats and all that stuff. Yes, yes. I got to perform actually with um, a couple of them. And one of them still alive. Who, who uh, We went to school together, Savion Glover. Um, really? Yeah. And he, he actually was the one who gave me an aha moment. And he's been a talented person um, and a, just a very deep philosophical person about tap since he was young. Mm. Um, and that's where the conversation about tap is not just a dance. People teach it as a dance and it's not. It's not It's not just a technique. It is literally a way of life. Language, yeah. It is a language. It's the way you communicate. Um, you don't have to, to learn a falap if you're home and you don't have taps. You take your sneaker and you <laughs> falap. Do you know what I mean? It's, right. it's that accessible. What's a falap? Falap. You take this See, is your. This is the stuff. It's you okay. Do. This is the ball of your foot. Okay. You up and then you put it back. Down. Okay. A full lap. lap. That's and it makes a sound. Of, yeah. Full lap. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so so, 
You said you, you went to school together? Is how did, we, we were oh, in we junior did? high school together. No East kidding. East Harlem Performing Arts. No kidding. His ninth grade year was my eighth grade year. Wow. The craziest thing was we did um, a snippet of uh, this show called I'm Getting My Act Together and Taking It on the Road. And I had to play his dance teacher. <laughs> and I'm, I'm so like, to this day, you're gonna say I'm Tavion. I was like, um, this is crazy. He's like the tap dance kid. Like wow. literally at that time, I was like, this is insane. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I owe I owe a lot of um, my later uh, passion for tap to, definitely to Savion. He also introduced me to different underground places in um, uh, down. Uh, West 42nd Street back then, back in junior high and like high school where we would go and like the old school tappers were still ah, using cool. these spaces and stuff like Cookie Cook and, and uh, Sandman Sims. Like, mm -hmm. I, and, and, I just, and I had no idea what I was actually walking into until later on. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. Like I was like, oh my God. Like this is amazing. Wow. So, so yeah. So what so... As you're getting out of childhood, you, you, was it a performing arts school that you mm -hmm. went to? So, so what was the, what's that experience like? Now you're in with all kinds of other people who are who are just like me who are doing yeah they're yeah. What's but that before about? that, I was National Dance Institute. That oh, was, that's right. Yes, right. But that that was the family that introduced me to again not just the love of dance but just the love of self. Like I was discovering who I was. Okay. Um and and what I wanted to do with the rest of my life at right. the age of like eight, nine, and ten years old. And this is and the uh, and National. Mm -hmm. So what, how do you get involved in that? How, the, they they still to this day they go into schools and they audition students um grade levels. I think usually it it's about fourth and fifth grade. They come into the school, they audition you, and it's built into the school system where for 40 minutes that one of the grade levels will come in and work with a teacher and a live musician, live music, <laughs> a teacher and a live musician. Right. And they, for 40 or 45 minutes, they work on a dance. Mm. Uh, later on, what happens is there's like a mid-year show and then there's an event of the year. So all of these schools that have an NDI teacher and a musician in it, they all get together. Um, well, my my year, they all got together and we performed all of the different dances that we learned at the Felt Forum, um, Madison Square Garden. Oh, how cool is so that? So like thousands of students from everywhere, Jersey, uh, <laughs> Harlem, Brooklyn, Queen, you wow, name it. It wow. was amazing. And they still do it now, though. It's, it's wow. a lot smaller in scale, but it's just as effective. The the pedagogy, it's just as effective. And it's what's the wonderful. experience like as a little kid? Oh. All that, I mean, were you like, were you struck by Absolutely it? Absolutely struck by it, amazed. Um, again, not knowing what I was actually a part of until much later, I started mm. teaching for them and then realizing that's what they were teaching. Oh, aha, you know? Right. Um, what was that realization? Oh my god! What did you realize? I mean, we'll go back. We're going to jump yeah, around the timeline yeah. here, but what, what was that realization? Well, well, uh, they have a two week teacher training, um, where you're, you're not sitting at a desk and learning about this is how you teach. Okay. This is the technique. Mm -hmm. You're actually working with students and okay. you're learning hands on how to teach right. their pedagogy. And once I got into the two week teacher training to work for them, I, I was like, Oh, this is why they did this. Mm. So, Specifically, a lot of teachers want their classroom to, to be, you need to come in and you need to listen to me. You need to make eye contact. And when I say beautiful feet, you show. <laughs> and does that work for everyone? Does Not that work for any artist? Right, yeah. No. So it's 
this child responds to this right. and this child is going to respond to your those are high knees, but look at those fingers, mm, you know? So correct. it's like trying to encourage the things you do see in each child. Sure. So, and I always wondered why it was that it was the person to the right of me had better elbows, let's right, just right. say, and I was always picked for the higher knees or right, the higher, right. you know, it's just, just sort of like just that. treating everybody like an individual exactly. and playing their strengths and exactly. emphasizing their strengths. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. You got it. Perfect. All right. So, um, so, I you know I saw a clip. Ed sent me a clip uh, when you were a kid of Dancing with Mary Tyler Moore. That was NDI. That was NDI, right? Yeah. So what yeah. was that about? It was a television thing for it was a 50th anniversary of something. Well, am I wrong? No, it, that, oh, was, that was that was the felt form. That was the felt form. That was I think my first felt form show um, with Madison uh, um, with NDI. NDI has they have a lot of uh, people who are invested in helping st students mm -hmm. to. Um, to learn about the arts. So not just dance, they learn about theater, they learn about right. music, classical music. Um, they, uh, Harry Belafonte is one of the people who every single year has helped to like sponsor a school. Wow. And it's the only way that it works. It's a not-for-profit, right. right? So um, uh, there's people who come in and they'll just adopt a class. Sure. Um, and that's the only way they can survive. So Mary Tyler Moore was that year happened to be someone who was like, yeah, I'll help out. Oh, you want me to perform too? Sure. You know? <laughs> and it was like, okay, this is great. Cloris wow. Leachman was another one. Anne Rankin. Wow. Um, that's so cool. like Alec Baldwin, I believe sits on the board. So just all these right. people who are invested in, uh, not so much like putting their names out there, but like, what can I do to help? Right. Like, how do I reach you? And as a kid, are you aware of not you didn't really not a clue didn't know what was going not a clue not a clue, right? not a clue. but it was fun it was absolutely fun it was wow. just, it was and the people were wonderful you know yeah. so it wasn't oh do you know who that is it yeah, was nothing right. like that it was just like oh you're gonna dance with this lady oh cool wonderful how you doing cool you know so it's mary tyler Moore. yeah yeah no idea that's no fantastic idea. None. so um so as you get older how long you how long do you dance in that in, in NDI, like how, how long are you part of, is that like a whole lifetime kind of thing? Or like, how I does wish. That, how does that work? Oh, I wish. Um, I think after junior high, junior. my, it just so happened my junior high, uh, school was also part of NDI. So I was able to stretch my, uh, my time with them from, uh, eight, nine, nine years old till almost high school. Okay. Right. So I went to East Harlem Performing Arts and they were part of NDI. And then when I went to high school, that's when it was, okay, I'll come back as an alumni and help. Uh, I'll, I'll come back and volunteer. Right. And that's usually what we do. So it was, a, it was a performing arts high school that you went to? I went to, actually, I went to all girls boarding school. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There's an experience. Wellesley, Mass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were top three at the point for performing arts. And like their dance program was phenomenal. Uh, their theater program was phenomenal. And that's actually, even though I was always involved in theater and acting, that was where I actually fell in love with the craft of acting. Like, ah, good. Then we can I, talk about that as well. Oh, my gosh. I meshed the two together there. It was, it was It was amazing. So, yeah. So that was, uh, that was Dana Hall. That was... Wellesley Mass. <laughs> Wellesley Mass. Yes. Dana so, Hall. So what do you, as you're getting older, do your tastes change? You know, uh, as you're growing through high school, I mean, you, you still love tap and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Where, where, at, where, at what point does the, the West African, which is now your specialty, are you always... You're, is that... you're good. Like, no joke. This, at Dana Hall. Okay. <laughs> <There> <laughs> <you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> See? I'm paying attention. Sometimes I get it right. 
It was at Dana Hall. Okay. It was at Dana Hall. Um, I, I, I used to, I'm going to be very candid. I used Please. to, because of the experience, um, with ballet, it, it always stems back to that. It, it no, it no joke served a lot of how I navigated life and Absolutely. the arts and, you know, am I welcome in classical, in the classicals? Am I welcome in theater, you know? Mm. And I didn't ever feel welcome until I went to East Hall Performing Arts. They introduced me to black American, and I, I say this sure. because I, it's just culture. Yeah. I believe it's just culture, right, right. right? They introduced me to Black American writers and um, playwrights, um, and I was, I, I, and, and then also allowed me to play parts that I shouldn't play, um, like I had the starring role in The Secret Garden, and I had to, you know, I had to put on a British accent, right, right. you know, things like that, and uh, um, so that was interesting for me to see that oh well maybe I maybe I can. So at Dana Hall, I was able to play parts that I shouldn't play. I was cast in roles that I shouldn't have been (laughs) cast in. Um, And then they started saying, hey, listen, you're good enough uh, to choreograph. Why don't you choreograph a show? And I was like, wait a minute. So just there were some little snippets of encouragement there. How old were you at this point? I was, this was six. High school. So 16, 16 17, you're going to choreograph your first show. I choreographed The Wiz, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but before that, my dance teacher, a white woman, Rebecca Rice Flanagan, love that lady. Um, she introduced me to a love of modern dance at, at Dana Hall. And she is, I mean, she's she is a ballet-based human. Right. Um, and gave me the love of that in at Dana Hall, okay. like really learning the, the technique with love. Okay. Um, but then she also brought in outside masters. She brought in Adrian Hawkins, um, who at 40 years old, she, um, and I'll never forget the story. She was a black woman, 40 years old. She'd gone to law school and she decided to take a, a dance class and quit law school <laughs> and went back in, got a degree in dance, opened up her own company mm-hmm. and successful. Right. Um, she gave us a master class in, in West African, you know, dance. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm supposed to be good at this. <laughs> right. And, and I'd had, I'd had of course some experiences of my grandmother, you know, like just right. in life, I'd had experience, you know, dancing sure. through my culture, but this was permission to, openly be okay with dancing it with other white girls and like filipinos and asian (laughs) girls just openly we're allowed to just have fun and it was an epiphany for me it was a i think this is something that we can actually connect to and it made sense with the drumming and then also with the tapping and like all of that stuff so there's a again there's a language to the rhythm of it that it's just it's talking we communicate yeah, and we right. communicate it's, and it's here. Like right. I remember just putting your hand over your heart and all of us feeling and hearing our own heartbeat mm. and then <laughs> starting just with that, you wow. know, starting just with that and how profound that was for me because we didn't have to do anything else that day. Right. It was just, just this together. Boom, 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 boom. 
and then your body starts doing things right, right. <laughs> you know so just that and like the girls who were extremely balletic i remember seeing them like kind of going, like i'm gonna be good at this and then they're looking at me like i'm gonna be this too. you know like it was <laughs> yeah, right. it was just everyone let their hair down you That's know awesome. it was just freedom That's it was freedom awesome. so yeah that was so from that moment on that now that's I was sold. You were sold on that. Yeah, I was sold. Um, so what's so? Let's get back to this kid who's who gets the the wheel, the steering wheel to choreograph. Like, how fun was that? What was it, what was that about? Insane. It was crazy. And did you know? Did, did you know what to do? Did you, did you? How'd you go in with a plan? Because well, we'll get into how you do things now. But mm -hmm. as a kid, do you had any any idea how to do that? Well, coming from East Harlem Performing Arts, where we had dance in our day we had music in our day and music theory sure. um having drama and drama theory we had days where we also had to you know um to create our own works so yeah some of our i created some of my own solos right. or some duets you know small group things never an entire production <laughs> so um did i know what to do in on a mini scale right um but then also at Dana Hall, it's, we spent a lot of time in the dance room. Mm. So I was never afraid to ask, um, you know, Rebecca Rice or, or my other modern teacher, Andrew Taylor Blennis, like ask them, like, what, like I'm not sure what, what to do here. Right. Um, so asking questions. So no, I had no idea. <laughs> None whatsoever. None. So as you go through, what's the highlight of, uh, of this time of your life, of when, when you're back there, what, before you get out of school, what, what was the... What's the triumph that you can remember or any uh, special things that occurred during mm. that time? Oh, there was, there, oh, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of turmoil there, I have to say. And the okay. only, the only saving grace and connection for me was being in the dance space, being so in the theater. So turmoil in your life part. In my life. And also just being, we were out of 300 and maybe 60 something students. That's middle school all the way to high school. Mm -hmm. There were maybe eight Latinos and 12 black students, um, 12. Yeah. Black students, um, many international students and Wellesley mass. I, I mean, is old <laughs> yeah, money. That is right. Right. Old, right. old money. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd walk, I'd walk old into white, Wellesley. Old white money. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Should Thank you for sparing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to clarify that for you. Thank you. Um, I'd walk into Wellesley and like, I, I felt like I was on display, you know, just walking, just walking. Um, and it was weird because coming from New York city, right. um, and I used to live like near the, um, the UN cause my, 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 we came here, my dad was a, a diplomat. We okay. came here. Uh, so we lived amongst, you know, white people and international people. Sure. So, Over and then moved and then Murray moved to Harlem. The, the, we yeah, were, the, yeah. we were, yeah. Well, Beekman Hill. Beekman Hill, Beekman. right, right. And then, um, moving to Harlem later on, you know, for junior high school and everything, that was a culture shock. Coming to Wellesley was the biggest culture <laughs> shock because that's when I actually realized I was black. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, that's when I realized I was black. I had never had any issue um, in well, terms of what I realized. If I you're say. comfortable talking about what makes you realize that, what's the, what's the, what's the. It was the first time I'd ever had the, um, the N word thrown at me. In school. Um, it was out of school. Okay. Well, that's the thing. It's yeah, all right. girls boarding. Right, right. So where we live on campus, you know, sure. people can just kind of drive through and 
right. screaming wow. at me, get out of Wellesley and get out of Wellesley. As I'm like hanging out with my six foot three white boyfriend <laughs> in front of where my, where my dorm is, where I live. Right. Um, wow. So that, and, and just being in like, what, what did that just happen in right. front of my house? This is like my third year here, wow. you know? So the, um, but also a lot of other things happened in that school, like like swatsikas. Um, oh, interesting. Where they're just popping up, and I'm like, what's happening? Mm. Like, what's happening? And being affected by that, even though it has nothing to do with me, it still has something to do with me. Yeah, sure. Um, and what Dana Hall was great about was being able to have like a town hall meeting about certain things like right. that, but then no follow through. Right, right. So feeling oh. as if, yeah, we're going to address this, but we're not going to really address this. Mm. So going into the theater or into dance was the solace for a lot of right, us. Being able to, right, being able to use our craft, um, to create a response. So instead of sitting with and get out of Wellesley, I created a piece instead um, called Spirit, I remember, uh, that used all of my sisters. Like used, and when I say sisters, I mean all of my sisters, sure, right, period. Right. Um, uh, to respond to that hatred. And um, then I created like a, just, just responding using art. Responding using right. art. Responding using art. And asking some of like the the visual artist to create a piece like a backdrop or something for right. some of the stuff mixing mediums um well this is a great uh this is a great topic uh, that we can get into is uh uh and i've talked about this with other folks on the on the show is that uh is the role that uh the arts have in breaking the bubbles these echo chambers that are forming in the world now because of technology and everything else everybody's listening to everybody who sounds like themselves mm -hmm. and staying in these little bubbles and here in this conservatory experience, you're forced in that solace space to deal with the Filipinos and the whites and the Hispanic and, and create art together yeah. and communicate physically, uh, visually, you know, auditorially. You know, you, you, it's, it's, it's something that I think people miss, mm -hmm. that that's the way out. Yeah. For a lot of us now. The way in. In the way in and the way out of this, this mess that, that we're in. I agree. Um, and, and particularly that the, um, the, the way the craft is being presented to you at this place is different than that first ballet teacher, you know? Yeah. There's a loving, inclusive thing that has to be supported when you're instructing when exactly. you're bringing somebody into the craft and i think that's what was going on there right i'm like yeah no you're absolutely right you're absolutely i mean like administration no the actual <laughs> right i mean i have to be honest and i think that's just the way it is even out here it's a reflection sure right and as artists i mean I don't, i'm not going to speak for you but i'll yeah. speak for sure. um I, I think what you you were talking about before I think it for me, it is my responsibility sure. as an artist. It is my responsibility to find a way in to connect with everyone. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm going to change your mind, right. but I think it is my responsi responsibility to present a different something to you, right. to figure out how I can do that. That's right. for me. Right. Others would say, no, it's not my job. You need to do the work. That's mm. great. And I honor that. But for me, I, I, I know that my spirit speaks to a lot of people. And I feel like it would be a disservice if I didn't use that superpower right. um, for good. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that specifically. 
uh, in in the craft framework. So um, I believe that too. I believe that that the, the role of the artist is to take you know this uh, unseen spirit, channel it through yourself in through a craft, and then reveal it to other people mm-hmm. truthfully, so that they can feel the same way, feel the same, and connect on a special way. So actors do it one way, musicians do it another way, painters, sculptors to feel the same way. What to feel to feel that thing that okay. that is unspoken. Okay, that can't be described by just. You know, you're crafting it in a way that they feel the truth of it, and in themselves. Okay. Where you know it, you could see it, you can't you can't touch it. Right. But you're making it manifest for them to experience it. So all these different craftsmen, all these different artists, do it in different with different techniques. What do the, what does the dancer do? Like, what is that? How are you getting in with that? What do you think that is? Well, for me, it's not just through dance. Okay. Like I I I have to. Um, use everything. <laughs> right, right. So um, I but connect. Let's 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 let's, na- let's folk narrow it down just for that because I am really fascinated by this particular craft, which is alien. To by me. dance. By dance, because I I really don't understand it. So, what is what in the act of of using that art form do you think gets in? Is it the physical mo- like engaging others in like what is it? Well, well, again, I can't speak to just specifically dance okay. because I th- because I've. I teach um, dance also is with your face, mm-hmm. right? So there has to be acting involved. Sure. Um, there has to be a connection there. Um, and I th- and you touched upon it. It's the being able to use your body, the expression in your body to, um, to tell a story, mm. right? Um, so there, there has to be the acting and the dance moving. Right. We do, um, in my dance classes, we talk about... Um, if you're not using your face when you're dancing, you're a dead dancer. Mm, right. The audience does not connect. Right. Your technique can be fabulous. Your your movements can be perfection, but if your face says nothing, right. or nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's here. Right. So that's why I keep saying like, sure, I have to absolutely. use. But yes, it's it's the movement. It's the movement telling the story. Right. It's the movement um, begging the audience to come in. Mm. It's the movement pulling the audience to come in. Right. It's also um, one of the things I tell the dancers is your job is to make them want to get up on stage and dance with you. That right. is your job. Right. I don't care how you do it, but your job is to figure out whatever I've given you. Well, how are you going to like mold that into your own so that that a particular person sitting in row A, <laughs> that front row or in row Z. Right. How is Rosie going to move down through those seats and jump up on stage? Like that's right. that's your job. How are you going to do it? Right. Well, I I, fu- I think that's fascinating, and and I've always felt, especially for live theater, um, as opposed to filmmaking. But the, the the blocking when I direct in the theater, the blocking is always mindful that this is an audience participation sport. Mm-hmm. Because they, when you're in a live theater, participation sport. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, yes. in, in the theater, they can sit, they can look wherever they want. Mm-hmm. You're not directing the shot. They they can look over here. So your job, when when blocking, is is finding ways to direct that energy along pathways so that their heads move, so they're physically engaged in looking far upstage mm-hmm. or. You know, I was always taught that the, the, the most boring place is center stage, yes. downstage, center. You yes. know, you want angles and you want... So dance is the most clear expression of moving that energy, making their heads move in the in You the just seats. gave me an aha moment. 
Oh, good. I like that. Because I, I suck at directing. <laughs> no, I mean, I suck. I like, find that hard to believe. I, um, I, I start, like, I'm talking about it now and I'm sweating. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they ask me to do it and I'm like, no, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Right. They're like, but you choreograph. I know, right. but I don't direct. And when you just said that, dance is the clearest form of, it just went, Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's really, oh. remember, it's always directing, it's, you're, you're dealing with a ball of energy uh, that's like a flamethrower, you know, and, and wherever you point it, that's where it's going. So if, if that audience is engaged in the visual picture that you're setting, the more off-angle, the more, you know, where you can get a tennis match going in the yes. audience, the more you engage them physically, they can't be pulled out of the piece once they're in it. You know, you got them. Yeah. So dance does that just instinctually. It's just people are moving all over the stage and they're dancing. But even at a static piece, understanding where to put people so that, so that you're breaking lines and you're doing... It, that's, that's all the blocking is. So it's fascinating to see uh, the physical in, interaction of dance. That's what I always... Because I can't dance a lick. So it's fascinating. Obviously you can. No, well... <laughs> I can I can watch it, but I can't I can't dance it. That's for sure. You don't want to see me dance. See, I'm Italian. They expect you to dance. They expect me to lay bricks. Listen, I can't do that listen, either. So listen, I can't. Do, <laughs> they expect me to make pasta. So that's what that's all I can do. You can teach me <laughs> something. All right. So let's get back to. So, is this something when you're in school, right, and you're doing this? Is this something you're thinking when I get out of here, I'm going to be X Y Z? I'm going to. What were you looking to do? When you got out of school, oh, that's what I like secretly wanted. My my mom wanted something completely different. What did your mom want? Um, <laughs> uh, well, look, I'll say this. I would say I'm going to law school, uh. and my mom would say, "No, be a paralegal." Mm. Like if I said I'm going to medical school right. to she, be a doctor, lower the expectations all the just a little bit. Okay, all the time. My dad was different. It was. Um, you know, what, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I really would love to dance. Well, then go do it, mm-hmm. you know? But he also was far away. He was, you know, freedom fighting in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, wow. while I was, you know, at Wellesley Mass. And so, wow. the, so the connection was mommy's the one that wow. I right. had to. So, uh, so when I was there, I just remember thinking, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Um, and I remember that summer, actually, the junior my junior year or my senior year i'd gotten an agent i started doing a lot of acting and going on uh on auditions and things and um an agent i I think i went i I auditioned for clueless (laughs) and uh the director was actually in the room and and she was like you're not gonna get the park of stacy dash but i want you to call this place and the director gave me another agency to go to. And she was like, I think, I think you've got something. Hmm. And I remember going home and telling my mom hmm. and it was, no, oh yeah, I will not pay for that. And I'm like, what? Mommy, the director, the director. And it didn't matter to her. It, it was, I will never, I will never pay for that. You will finish and you will go to college and that is that. And I'm like, wow. And I remember thinking, this is like the biggest mistake ever, but I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go so let me to ask college. You, let me ask you this question. Um, all through your youth and DI into mm-hmm. the, the performing arts school, were they encouraging? No. So how did that, how did you, 
they just did it because you want it? How did you do it? How did you get in all this? My mom, to her credit, my mom was left to take care of three kids on her own. Uh, Dad, like I said, freedom fighting out there, you know, um, and so mom worked like two or three jobs to, to support us. Right. So a lot of the time we were latchkey kids, you know, sure. we, especially at that time, like in the eighties, uh, uh, my older brother, <laughs> you, you know, I know my older well. brother, you know, he would watch us. Um, we lived in Harlem. The community was our family. Right. So they watched us. We grew up in that community. Um, I went to all girls boarding school. So I was, I was very protected in gotcha. that way. Um, and then from there, I went straight to college. So there was always right. like a protection. NDI was, like I said, the family where I was allowed to actually take a look at, you know, this is what you love. So just do it. And I was safe to do it. Right. We had families that would take us on the bus or on the right. train so that I would get there. So sure. that was the support. My mom sometimes didn't even know that I was going on like so, rehearsals. So, well, interesting. At all. So I was going to, so, so mom is protecting you mm-hmm. that's that's her job that's what she's doing right right you know, uh, even if it's right. da- dampening some dreams but was she aware of like did she come see your stuff did nope. she no kidding not until um like i said a lot of the time i didn't even tell her because i knew right. that the answer was going to be i have to work mm-hmm. and so i didn't even want to hear that right um, so the support came from the NDI families, wow. um, staying over their houses sometimes wow. so that we could go to, I mean, I mean like literally when I say that, 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 like I tell them to this day, they saved my life and I saved my life. Mm. Um, cause I could have gone completely sure, right. a whole, and at a point I did, and it roped me back in mm. like the arts saved my life wow. being connected there. But um, I think my mom finally saw me perform at the age of 30-something. Wow. And I'm 46. Wow. <laughs> um, and she was like, oh. That's what you've been doing all these years, God damn Yeah. It. <laughs> like, oh. You, you know, told me you were taking the bus to the supermarket. I'm like, what the no, hell? mommy. This is why. This is why they kept, you know, kept me, you know, always doing this. They're like, oh, it was one time. Wow. But she's still to this day. It's you should get a real job. <laughs> you know. Is that was dad? I know he was off. Did he ever get to see any of this stuff? I sent or? him videos. He, he was videos. he was supported from afar. He was the type of person. It's he was an overachiever in a lot of ways. So he wanted his children to also to. to to mimic that right. it's like just shoot whatever it is you want to do make sure that you're the best at it that's right. that's you that's said he was thing. a diplomat yeah he and then um, what, what's the freedom fighting thing about well I, I call it that because he uh he was recalled from our country uh sierra leone to go to addis ababa ethiopia to try to work with a faction that was getting mandela out of uh jail, jail. at that time wow. from addis ababa so he was he was work working also to try to connect the African That's nations. Incredible. It was just, that he he passed away in the the coup attempt in my country, but again, it was one of those things where he was he was someone who believed a hundred percent in something. Sure. So that also is something that that I have gained from him. When was that? How old were you then? Oh oh gosh, this was like I want to say two thousand. All right, so about twenty nine, thirty something. Like, just about twenties. Yeah. And. Uh, do you think uh, was he was he proud of all the stuff you did? did yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she loved he loved the videos. Absolutely, like, that's great. Absolutely, like every everything was just come look at my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. <laughs> that's so awesome. So yeah, that's so awesome. Good. So you get out of school, you 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 bite your lip, and you go to college to do to study what? What did you end up doing? Um, I studied, I, I studied um, 
gosh, I was minor in women's studies, mm. um, history major. Okay. With the idea that I was going to go to law school. That was the idea. Going to that law was the school. idea. Okay. Um, and it did not work out. Actually, uh, Pop passed away in, I was in 98, because that's actually when I left. That's okay. when I left BU. Um, not because I wanted to. It was just, just to be candid, not following my dream, not following what it was I wanted to do. I fell into using drugs and alcohol. and, and Absolutely. Just, just you die inside. When if you're not you, yeah. living 100%. This of, is another of who recurring you're to be. theme of all these artists. Is, is it, it really? Is if you don't, if you deny that truthful thing, as yeah. difficult as it is to go do it, yeah. it's going to kill you. Yeah. It's going to come back and yeah. bite you somewhere. So, yeah, yeah I, can, I, can, I can understand it's that. It's 100% completely. true. It's 100% true. So, did you say Boston University? Mm -hmm. I went to BU in uh, 1993, and I would, I would uh, like work a whole year to save up money mm. and then I would take a leave of absence and then work another year. Wow. Save up, like, so just back and forth. And then finally I left, came back to New York city. Okay. Um, Culturally, uh, was that any different? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> not, no. not Boston university though. No. What? Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're, you're getting the full on wave of, uh, of Massachusetts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I, I wouldn't, I, again, I would not change a lot of, um, that part of the life too, because I joined SFA, um, which is like their school of fine arts. Mm -hmm. They had, um, this course that I took, it was, I wish it was a major, but they had this course that I took where it was like choreography. So I, I joined other choreographers and we created art. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that was a saving grace. So I was able to actually stay there and just, keep dancing and then that introduced me to tufts university where they needed an african dance teacher mm -hmm. for their you know their black student union so they hired me you know as a college student choreographing there um but, so, you, but your mom loved that oh she had no idea <laughs> no idea <laughs> nope nope um so yeah so just and that was another connection to maybe this is something that i actually could do because i'm making some good money right teaching yeah teaching right. and choreographing um and it was it was um art with a voice it wasn't just oh we're gonna do not knocking any any i work for dance studios right now and, and i love the dance studios that i work for um and a lot of the teachers that i work with that i'm really strongly connected to their art always their voice is important they always want to say something they mm -hmm. want to yeah. leave the audience with something right um, so that's what I'm connected to. And that's what around then my voice, I just wanted people to hear what was going on. This right. is what's happening in Africa. This is what's happening here in this, in this place. And so a lot of my art was connected to that. So the black student union at that point at Tufts university, that's what they wanted. They wanted someone that had a point of view, um, that was in line with theirs, but also had an outside perspective coming right. from West Africa. Sure. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that because. Sometimes. Yeah, we're, well, we're gonna we're gonna return to to the that States. voice. We're gonna return to that voice and what you want to say <laughs> so as, much. as I move on here. So much. But I'm just gonna cover some th one thing that I skip, uh, that I miss. What, what's your relation with the Alan Ailey thing? Did what did, did you dance well, with that company? When or? I was oh no, I wish I did. I was gonna say, I wish I danced yeah, with the company. But you had some. I had classes. Classes. I, uh, Dance theater Harlem and Alvin, Alvin Ailey. Uh, NDI actually got me a scholarship uh, to uh, Dance Theater of Harlem. And, um, and then they were paid for me to take classes. And what kind of stuff were they teaching you there? Oh, at Dancing of Harlem and Alvin Ailey? Yeah, yeah. Oh. What's that? 
African dance, uh, modern. Modern dance. Um, and again, the modern was modern started for me at Alvin Ailey and Dance State of Harlem. Right. I didn't understand what it was <laughs> um, until I got to okay. high school. Okay. I don't understand what it is. So, <laughs> so you know, you know <laughs> what is it? Ballet. Okay. Structure. Right. Rit well, I'm going to say rigid. Please, for right? my small brain. Right. Yes. Modern, free. Okay. Anti all of that. Right. Free. But you still need to have some sort of... Frame. Frame, yeah. exactly. Modern is, is I, I want to say, the revolution right. um, from ballet. Allowing yourself to express through... Uh, so the Martha Graham through Bob Fosse type stuff, oh that's gosh. what we're talking about. Yes, okay. yes. Fosse's more jazz, though. Jazz. Okay, all right. Well, he's that's, jazz. That's different. Yeah, all he's right. jazz. That's okay. different. But Martha, yes. Twyla okay. Tharp. Twyla Tharp. Yes. Right. Um, oh, my gosh. Dance Seat of Harlem, Alvin Ailey, right. Alvin Ailey, um, and uh, Dance Seat of Harlem. They use some African earthy movements though in their modern dance. Right, right. But you see the ballet lines, you see all of that right. in there as well, which which is what makes them those two companies so interesting. Um, which is why I think um, NDI um, had me take classes there because I'd see people like myself. Right. Um, Do you find you, you mentioned that uh, you, you can see the African movements and some of the Alvin Ailey modern stuff, mm -hmm. but now with all the different things that you have uh, uh, studied and accrued and, and become uh, uh, such uh, talent at, do you find them different? pieces of different things drifting into the different ones like are there elements of tap that creep into your modern are there elements of, into my absolutely you know, like like how do, how does that absolutely absolutely okay. i don't know if you're familiar with Catherine dunham she's another modern um, I know the icon name. Okay. okay she's someone who is credited with bringing african uh style dance um and haitian style dance into the modern world and, and putting it on the forefront where people now are looking at it and like this is extremely different and it's beautiful. Mm. So yes. And, and she, she is a lot, she's a lot of my technique in modern is what I use from Catherine. Um, I absolutely take tap and I'll put it in there. Mm. I absolutely will take, um, some, even some ballet lines and put it in there. Right. And I, I cross my eyes. I know. Yeah, right. Well, ballet's right. Gonna, left, I cross the, my eyes. left a tough taste in your mouth. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, I also know that there's a place for it. Yeah. Um, cause without some of, uh, the foundation, you will hurt yourself. Right. Absolutely. You right, will hurt right, yourself. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a dancer that loves to mix genres mm -hmm. within um, so that it everyone gets an exposure to it. So sure. that everyone, everyone, it's accessible to everyone. Right. And there's, there's value to every one of these techniques. And the more you can melt them together, I mean, you'll know as an actor, because you, uh, you're an actor as well mm -hmm. and an acting teacher as well. But uh, I mean, one of my favorite actors of all time is Anthony Hopkins. Ugh. And here's the one guy who's... I think exemplify. They all do it now, but he was one of the first that really exemplified the the classic Royal Shakespearean training, which is like ballet, mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. structured and meeting it because you have to, uh, and mixing it with sort of the the modern uh, post Russian American, you know, Stanislavski method mm -hmm. stuff, and putting those two things together, and you get one of the greatest actors of all time. So it's it's good when you can kind of mix these things. Together. Have you seen? Um... <sighs> Christopher Walken, mm -hmm. Coriolanus. Have you ever seen? I, I, no, I, did, I haven't seen his Coriolanus, no. In junior high school at East Harlem Performing Arts, they took us to see Christopher Walken mm. in Coriolanus. Mm -hmm. 
and I was blown away. <laughs> I had never been someone that, you know, was, oh, I, I wish I could be a Shakespearean actor <laughs> until I watched that production. I know it wasn't just him, it was also right. the, the, the directing, sure. but they said it. And that's it, a violent, intense <gasps> You know, they everybody set, chops everybody up. In well, that that, right. <laughs> I'm in junior high. Right. Yes. Um, they set it in a time period uh, like like they were mafioso, basically. Okay, perfect. And <laughs> just what he brought to that mm -hmm. was what you're talking about. It made it accessible. Right. Kids from Harlem, um, from El Barrio, which is where you know our school was, uh, they understood what was going on. Right. Because of the way that he gave us, the sure. way that he fed us. Well, he's a dancer, too. I know. <laughs> he's a big, he's a tap dancer. Dun, dun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I, I just I just feel like the, the more open you are to the arts, the more open you are to centered in your craft, but the right. more open you are to allowing other things he in. Was, he was talking to you. He was saying, oh, yeah, yep. I hear you. You're great. You're amazing. <laughs> Stop playing games. <laughs> Where'd let's, you get this guy? What? He said, let's dance, babe. Let's talk. You being you. Yo, that's really good. Nice. Like I had to throw once you bring up walking, I got I'm throw sorry. Him. Lovely. Um, Lovely. So that yeah, so that's that's the that's the beautiful thing. <laughs> I won't do it anymore. No, you can, you can at all times. Um, Please do. Uh, but yeah, that that's the thing. If you can if you can understand that there are no borders in all of this. And the the more you liberate yourself, yeah. you keep it in the frame, you tell the story, you stay on the story, but you liberate your soul to express it all different ways. Yeah. You know, you can talk to people different ways. So well said. Well said. So so now you're 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 teaching for the first time, right? Yeah. And we're talking about Tufts and everything. Um, are you? Is there a particular? Is there a particular part of teaching that you're falling in love with? Is there something that you discover about? the instruction and the inspiration to some young kid that, well, or at, some other kid that you that you're feeling now well at tufts i was i was like the same age group as that oh, okay all right because i was a student at bu right being hired uh by their student union right. um but what i found none of them had taken dance I, I think there were maybe three that had taken dance before so i thought i was coming in and just choreographing you know little right. few 16, 32 counts, maybe. Mm -hmm. We don't know, 32 eights. Um, and it ended up that I had to, in the very beginning, before we did any correct, I had to give them some sort of a, a base. Right, um, So I had no idea about that because I was, I was a choreographer. Sure, right. Um, so then it just became... I need to reach back into what Adrian Hawkins actually taught me back at um, at uh, Dana Hall, the way that she taught our African dance class. And I still to this day use everything that she taught me um, in terms of starting as a beginner, mm. whether you're a beginner or you're an advanced. That's right. You have to go back to the basics. That's right. And that's actually what I, I still to this day tell people, like, if you stay in the basics, you never have to go back to them. Absolutely. So I, I go back to her over and over right. again. Um, and it's in every single warm up 
Um, so that's what I used. So once I started with that structure, right. I knew then that they weren't going to get hurt, <laughs> right? Because that's first and foremost. Like just, I, I don't have a, the type of ego where I'm like, oh, I'm so good. I've been doing this throughout this thing. No, no. Like my fear is always that I'm not going to give them enough of a warm up, enough right. of a base that they will get hurt. Sure. So starting from there. Right. Um, after that, when it came to choreography, it was let's start just with what we did in the warm-up right. and let's just repeat that but in the are beginning. But you, as you're doing this, is there a different feeling in you now you're instructing and well, you're seeing res result? What does that feel like for you? That didn't happen until at the end of the actual production, watching <laughs> all of it. Because mm -hmm. when I was in it, it was more the, I don't know about you as an artist, but the judgment of self. Oh, well, that's right? always constantly fighting. Only that. me. Only me. I'm the only one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, while I was in it, it was more just, okay, good. Oh, good, you got it. But not really connecting right. that I was encouraging mm -hmm. um, people. It wasn't until afterward that I was just like, holy <laughs> things I can't say you right can now. You can say whatever you want. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, she looks really good. I can't believe it. Like, right. like what? He right. did, you know, like, it was afterward that that the aha moment came. Like, I could do, like, I, I can do this. Like, right. I really could. Right. Um, the scary thing, though, was in that aha moment, it was the maybe I'm not meant to, to be a performer oh, at the same exact right. time. Right, 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 right. And that was like, that was like, whoa. That's and, interesting. And, and that I was, it had to be one or the other. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, hmm. at that very moment, I was just like, "Huh," hmm. right? Because you always, you always hear. And I think about, I think back to it now. I remember hearing those who can't teach. Yeah, right. right? Those who can't do teach. Thank you, thank you. Right. Those who can't do teach, and I and I remember hearing it over and over again, but it never really penetrated. Right. Um. So later on, as I looked back at that moment, I was like. Oh, I was allowing that moment, sure. that That's, that, that phrase, latter part yeah. of it, to actually navigate the rest of. Right. Um, which is so dangerous. Yeah. No. You know? I mean, yeah. You got. But that's what was happening. You were just. You were letting that phrase from your somewhere you heard it somewhere just creep in. Well, what I love about what you talked about about the basics there, because I, I taught acting for a while, and I love I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't done it in a long time, but I, I loved it. I used to run a little studio and. What do you love about teaching? Exactly that is is the. Because I taught sort of a basic scene study, basic, you know, understanding how to create a character and all this stuff and just basic stuff. But my theory was that it's all basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had people who had done tons of stuff mm -hmm. and people who had never acted in their lives mixed in the same classes because it's it's... We're going to get rid of your baggage for the people who have had all this. Baggage. And then the other people have none. And often they were the ones who had the biggest breakthroughs because they had no... You know, other technique baggage that they were bringing in. But my the idea is that, you know, the Major League Baseball player is taking the same batting practice that you're taking. It's the yeah. the, 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 the technique yes. is the same. Yes. It's at a, you know, the, the repetition of it creates a higher level of proficiency, but it's the same thing. That's right. So what I loved about it were those moments uh, in classes where you go. They got it. Oh, you got it. Oh, did you see? See how that felt? The truth came out in that moment, and mm -hmm. you never saw that. And, and you could see they never saw it before, never felt anything like that before. The rest of the class felt it. Those the, When the truth is revealed through craft, yeah, uh, that's super exciting. And there's no more clear revelation of that truth than in a classroom situation where somebody's 
feeling it for the first time or seeing it for the first time. And we're it's, witnessing it. Yeah, that's right? why I was asking oh. as a teacher where you're like, wow, they got it. Yeah, that came later. It. That yeah. came oh, much that's later. Cool. That and, came much later. And it still happens for you now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. See, now I can actually, now I, those are the moments, like you were just talking about, those are the moments that, I don't know that I look for them, but they're the moments that are the most rewarding when they happen. Sure. Um, it, but it, it's also, I walk into a class hoping for it. I right. walk in with that, with my heart hoping for that. Like, and I say it, please let me touch some one body today. Um, even, even if they don't all don't get it, if one somebody gets it, you know, then right. it's, a, it's a good day. Right. Um, and it, it happens a lot more and more with the little babies, like the little ones. <laughs> sure. Because they're, they're the not the, the judgment, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. The judgment. Yeah. Not, we artists, we just, we just do ourselves a disservice, like beating ourselves up in, in the middle of our breakthroughs. Well, there's no, there's no way around it because it, it, the, the idea is to minimize it to the smallest degree. Minimize that, it. I mean, that's why the people like the Brandos and those people of the world were so good is because from one moment to the next, from one line to the next, they had, they were on it. Mm -hmm. They hadn't judged the last thing they said. So the more, the more you can minimize that judgment, but it's always going to be there because you got to navigate yourself through the world. It's a very difficult job as an artist because uh, you're trying to create something that is unreal, make it truthful. But at the same time, you're there kind of controlling the little robot to make sure you don't fall off the stage or <laughs> step on the fire that's going to blow out of the that's stage. That's supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So you're doing a lot of different things. So it's this constant push and pull of the, uh, the ego and the, and, the, and the heart going through. Um, but we do all right. We, 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 yeah, yeah we're, we're getting, some of us do. We're, some of us, we get better at it as we go along. Um, so are you, are you at, during all of this, as you're getting out of school now, let's get you into your, your adult life and you're out... Are you getting to perform? Are you doing? Are you getting to actually? Because you said, uh, I'm, "Now I'm a teacher. Am I stuck? Mm-hmm. Am I not going? Do you get to perform?" Late. Yes. Okay. Yes. What kind um, of things do you get to do? Um, when I came back to New York City, um, it wasn't until I, I'm trying to like. It wasn't until I think I moved out here to Long Island that I actually started performing again. Before that, friends would be like, aren't you a dancer? Can you, my party, I'm having a party. It's going to be an outdoor lawn thing. <laughs> Can you do a modern something for me, please, for my mom's birthday? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sure. You know, like those things. Right. But uh, not back to stage. Um, a friend of mine, when I moved back from, from BU, a friend of mine, she uh, is a director, a producer, and just started her own company. And uh, she started doing like some film things and some stage things in like small cafes. Mm. So she'd be like, I know you're an actress, but can you also choreograph something for me? And, and I'm like, sure, I can do that. And she's like, but can you also be in it? And that was the start of me doing both. Right. Um, uh, Club Groove down in the city and uh, was one place and, and being connected to there and then Joyce Soho, uh, we would rehearse in all of these different places in the city that were dance places. Mm. So I started connecting with other dancers. Um, so I'm teaching and then I'm also being asked to perform. Um, so then it was, well, so maybe I can, perform a little Hmm. bit here and there but i still need to make money (laughs) and there wasn't making money you know just 
performing. So I started doing both um, and not really paying attention to the fact that, you know, you may not be able to do this as a career. It was like, you know what? Why not just try? Right. Like, why not? And do you feel, does it, do you feel comfortable with that now in your um, life? Do you feel like where you're, where you're at with the, you know, it's like, I wish I could perform more. Yeah. Hey, well, I know that. I well, I'm at, a, I'm at a point now where that's like, I wish I could perform more before right. it was like, I'm terrified to go back on stage. <laughs> um, I actually went back to school and to get a theater degree in, where I was forced to go back on stage and, you know, cast in lead roles. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> um, and I think the most comfortable was always when I'm dancing, when I'm performing, right. not when I'm acting and perf and dancing. So, yeah. All right. <sighs> uh, it, this is interesting. So um, when did you first get introduced to acting? It's all, all as a child or early. All right. As a so, child. so you're acting all the way through. Um, what do you what do you see as the correlations between the two crafts? I mean, do you, do you see similarities? Do you, do you, do you find, Absolutely. find things that you enjoy about both that are? Yes. One is, is my, is my haven. That's dance. Mm -hmm. Um, because I can be whatever character I want. And mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy because that's what they say about acting, but for dance, the judgment isn't there. I'm most comfortable, um, connecting with the audience through dance. Hmm. Even though, and I feel like my strength as an actor comes out uh, more and easily um, as a dancer. I'm told that I'm pretty good at acting too. <laughs> Again, do you see how I'm, I'm kind of? I'm taking a guess that that's I'm probably like, right. Eh. Yeah. Um, and but that's where I find like most of the judgment. That's when I'm in my brain. Sure. As a dancer, I'm so free. Well, my guess is that. Uh language mm -hmm. actual language mm -hmm. verbal language and and the the text Ugh. the more you have to engage this part yeah this part isn't that's where the judgment i think so. that's that's probably why i think so um uh it's so much fun oh yeah sure it's so much fun <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> it's terrifying but communicating with that audience it's freer yeah. with with dance and more direct probably yeah. more, more direct yeah so um so let's talk about one thing you said before, which I want to explore now uh, at this stage where you are now is you said you want to be able to say something mm -hmm. through the art, not just, it's not just about technique. It's not just about putting on the show and creating the picture. You, you want to say something and I'm always about story, mm -hmm. you know, it's plot I could care less about, but what is it about? Mm -hmm. What's the story about? I don't care if it's cowboys or space people or what what's the story so what are the story you want what do you want to say through your art oh so many things let's pick one there's so <laughs> many things I, I mean if i were to say um to connect to like one thing or at least what's like speaking right to you now, right now right now what's yeah speaking we're to moment to moment civil, we're doing some meisner here civil unrest <laughs> right um civil unrest not being able to communicate um civilly right um, and, and I waffle back and forth between, um, communicating civilly and what that means for a black person, as opposed to communicating civilly and what that means for a white man. Right. Um, and I, and I'm specific about white man because sure. I know that women period have their own, right. their own issues. Um, and just, just the idea that something that seems so basic and, um, something that seems 
just commonsensical mm-hmm. is not for right. for people. Right. It's and it, I'm like amazed by, and I'm trying to figure out how um, in my art this year I can I can be clear with your uh, <laughs> be clear without without uh, stabbing someone. <laughs> Right. Um, right. Like, I want to say you're stupid, um, but that's going to stop the conversation. Right. Well, here's 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 my thought on that. If I could interject my my white man thought, please do, even though it's not a white man thought, it's an actual thought. (laughs) Uh, I think all of this stuff, like I said, uh, and and I've said this in in different ways before, everything stems from either love or fear. Mm -hmm. Okay, so love and fear are sort of your base elements. Out of love comes ecstasy and bliss and joy and blah, blah, blah. And out of fear comes anger, hatement, resentment, you know. But if you drill down to all of those things, all of the the resentment, the anger, the nastiness, the whatever, it all goes down to fear as a base. Something is making somebody afraid of something. And all fear is existential fear. Mm -hmm. So they're afraid of dying in some way. And as a result, these other things come out of that, these lash outs these resentments these us and thems these whatever because Mm -hmm. they're afraid and and so the so the only way to dampen those things is with the other column is some sort of return to a love-based approach it's hard to say that in a time of righteous anger Mm -hmm. because righteous anger is like a drug you know it's like chocolate or cocaine or something it feels good because you're you're getting that 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 anger out because it, it needed to come out it needed to be said but ultimately and that's fine but ultimately the only way to ultimately root out that fear on the other side is to get back to a love-based approach so i would say that at least what i'm trying to do through my art is to uh, is to break the bubble mm-hmm. of fear that's uh, break through that bubble of fear and find empathy with why i don't have to agree with it clearly i don't agree with it but there is a root fear of the unknown an existential fear of some kind that is causing all these other things to happen and if i can find some way to allay that fear to take the edge off that fear the other things fall like dominoes eventually but that's the i'm in agreement the issue though for me is we've been doing this for a long time Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get into the how. Right. Like, sure. how do we do it? Well, how? Well, I think you get I think what you have to do is you look at how it's why it's spreading now exponentially that all this time of being in this place that we're in, it's worse. Yeah. Right. One is technology. Absolutely. And what's happened is this, you know, this little screen uh, creates these echo chambers where I don't have to, you know, when we grew up, you know, the radio station and MTV and whatever played mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now I got my own little niche. I don't have to ever listen to ever anything else. There. I don't have to ever look over there. I don't turn on channel two, four or five. I can go to Fox or uh, MSNBC mm-hmm. and I get just what I want. Right. Period. So, I think there's I think there's a science fiction solution to this. You know, it's like an Independence Day, you know, when there's a the mothership and has all these little drones and everything. <laughs> you have to send a virus. 
up into the mothership. <laughs> da dun dun. To knock, to <laughs> it's, break. It's happened. So we have to approach it that way. We have to, and it, this is the tough part. I think we have to, we, we have to be the ones that are the responsible ones to reach out to the other bubble. You have to break I through agree. the other bubble because they're not going to. Nope. And that's the tough part because, again, like I said, the, the anger in us, the righteous anger of, of the injustice that we see is like, well, th- I, I shouldn't have to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But there is a way that I think there's, you have to get, you know, inject the, the love virus yeah. somehow. I don't know how, <sighs> but we're artists. I hope we can figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I guess my question to you is, regardless of my theory or not theory, let's get back to what you were saying, which is telling a story through art what in your specific craft do you do? Do you do it? Would you do shows? Would you do like, yes. like what put on pieces? How does that look in real life? Well, in the, the dance studio world where I teach like about two years ago, um, when, uh, another black person had been killed in broad daylight. Um, one of the things, and, and, and also just, there were a lot of things that were happening with black women and Mm. just with women and young girls. Um, so I had this, um, I was like, I need to say something. What is speaking to me the most? And it happened at that time to be my teenage girls, these teenage girls, they, they want to look a certain way. They're, um, they're starving themselves or they're, you know, um, anorexic or bulimic, you know, all these things, all these issues that I actually dealt with as as a, as a young girl, they're killing themselves. Mm. Um, they're being bullied. They're not talking to um, just social media. So I created a piece in my contemporary, uh, class that was around the students that I was teaching. That was the age group, teenagers. Mm. Um, and it was called, it was actually, uh, it was, Hillary Clinton's speech, all the little girls. Mm. Um, I took that and I cut it to, um, to a point where it spoke of all of the things that they, cause it did, it spoke of all of the things that they were going through. So I created a piece that spoke to that and, um, had someone come in and teach them sign language also. Hmm. Um, so that in the piece we discussed what was going on in the piece we used another medium that also was inclusive. So inclusivity, not diversity, right. inclusivity right. was extremely important uh, for that year. And then also having the girls create, or the young ladies, not girls, mm. create for their own piece, their own artwork. So each of them took poster board and wrote down, like, I'm like in your school, the things that are going, well, first and foremost, having the discussion. Like, what is bullying? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that happen, you know, in, in the dance class? So it's not just, again, it's not just the technique. Right. It's like it's like life skills. What do I want my students to leave my classroom with? Um, I enter a classroom with that idea every single year, every single day. What do I want them to leave with? And what I wanted them to leave with was being empowered. Ugh. Mm. Was being empowered as young women. And, and turning off the noise, like the, I call it Congress, you know, the committee is always yes. going. So being, being able to shut off the committee for even a second so that you can be your own best cheerleader. Right. So in that class, we used one of the classes 
uh, for them to just take the poster board and use whatever colors they want and they could just write. And one girl said, I'm worth it. Another mm -hmm. one wrote, um, you're worth it. Another one, just whatever it was. Right. And at the end of the dance, they each got to lift up what they created right. so that Rosie could see sure. it. And that was the point. So still connecting everything that I teach, right. um, everything that's important to dance, everything that's important to theater, but making sure that their voices were heard for that year. This year... I'm trying to figure out how to do the same with right. what's going on. But there's so many things right. that um, are speaking to me that I'm just finding a quiet moment to to let it drop in. Right. Um, it's sometimes hard. I also have two kids. I have two little girls. Uh -huh. You know, their father passed away um, going on almost two years. Mm. So I'm raising these two yeah. little girls on my own, wow. a five and seven year old. And it's important to me, I know it's connected to, to them. It's mm -hmm. important to me that my voice has something to do connected to them on right. a larger scale. Well, I would say that, uh, I would say this ties into the, uh, the judgment part as an artist, that if you can remove the, the part of you that says, let me think about how to do this mm -hmm. and just do it, physically express it, especially as a dancer, I think, I think you're going to bypass some of the Congress in your own head and get to this. I didn't know I was going to have therapy today. Ed, <laughs> I didn't know. This is like a blessing. Miss Oya didn't, right? Miss Oya didn't know. Okay. Go ahead. No, keep, please preach brother. Please. I'm just saying that I, I, Serious. I find that if that the, the quickest way to get to short circuit that, you know, that thing is to, is to get into physical action and, and, and get into the, you know, it's like writing stream of consciousness where you, I don't know how to approach a, a script. If I'm going to write a screenplay, just start going, get on your feet and they'll talk, you know, and it's yeah. the same thing. And I'm curious, what do you think? Although I think I'm touching on it a little bit. Why, what do you think is the, is the specific thing about dance telling these stories? Like, is there something for those girls that they're getting out of that that they wouldn't get out of, you know, a debate club or whatever, you know, or like, is there something specific do you think the physical part of dance does? It's, it's the physical part of dance and also the classroom setting. Right. Everything that I learned from NDI, I bring into my classroom so that they're and it's the safest space that they will find in their day. That's, mm. that's it. And they know that they can be, they can be jerks when they come <laughs> in. They're allowed. And I tell them that they're right. allowed. We have, we have language also that's created in there. Mama hoo hoo. What you is can, that? You can be as mama hoo hoo as you want with Miss <laughs> Oya. But when Miss Oya does focus, electric, you jump back into it right. and we're back. So we can play and right. we must play. Mm. And that's, and I, when I say play, I mean through dance. They're allowed to come in and bring the TikTok. <laughs> And all that, so they can bring all of that into it because teachers always tell them, stop with it. No, bring it all in. And then when we focus, electric, we jump back to it. Right. Um, so they know that it's the safe space, first and foremost, that has to be established. And it's not just me for them. It's them to them right. because they can be their worst enemy to each other. Mm. Um, so, so, and I don't allow that. Mm. Like, that's just not allowed. Like, that's where we don't play um, at all. But then... Through dance, like I said, they use the TikTok, you know, <laughs> all of them <laughs> memorize TikTok movements, 
but will not memorize any of my contemporary stuff. Right? And they memorize the TikTok movements at 150% energy. Right. But if I ask them to give me high knees in contemporary or Afro beats, right, or to give me some crispy fingers, it's, I'm like, why am I fighting with you? Um, so letting them see the connection of that, allowing them to actually do some of that movement in the class right. first and me putting whatever text it is that I want on top of those movements okay. that are accessible first so that then now I've roped them in mm. and then I peel, we start peeling all of that stuff away right. to get to, you know, this is what we want. Um, what do you want though? And that's the other thing is being able um, to give them the technique so that they feel confident in, enough. I work with recreation students and recreation versus competition. I don't know if you know anything about, okay, good. No. Um, I'm trying not competition to. Competition is like you're specifically focused on. Right. Competition, you're focused on specific movements that are going to be judged, judged in, in competition. Points, yeah, right. There you go. Um, my recreation students, recreation is you're, you're, rec, you're coming into dance. Right. You're just coming into dance. That's it. Um, and I love working with them because they don't have to worry if their toes are not pointed every single time. We will get there. Right. Um, they are given the opportunity to get there. I'm not going to keep, you know, like, like mm. I remember the teacher always tapping like my butt. I'm like, it does not go in any further. Like this is, <laughs> this is it. This is what you're going to get. Um, and uh, so being able to understand that this is what we're working with, but then language with them. Mm. What do you want? Like, what are we going to work on this year? Right. Uh, setting goals for themselves. Like, what is something that you want to learn from me this year so that we can make sure we put it into the dance? Mm. Um, allowing them also, giving them choreography uh, moments where, all right, next week, eight counts based on whatever movements we did in our warm up. You have four movements that I taught you today, put them together any which way that you want for eight counts next week, you're going to show us. Right. So th they don't have to worry about, I have to, I have to make it up myself. You've already been given the movements, right. move them around. So being able to, and, and they don't, what they don't realize is that they're learning language that way. They're also taking ownership of their own dance. Right. It's not my dance. Right, right, right. It's their dance. Right. So inserting whatever they give me, I don't care if it looks crazy. <laughs> It's going to be in the dance. You know, I'm curious. Do you think, uh, to return back to the very beginning, when that ballet didn't speak to you because it wasn't presented to you properly uh, with love, um, do you think that, uh, that this craft in particular uh, can break? And have you seen it break some of the cultural barriers ballet or or the things that i do dance oh dance 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 with all your technique everything you make can, mm -hmm. you, can you see applying these different techniques to actual human beings learning it do you see do you see a little of that wall breaking down yes do you, are you optimistic about that i am i okay. am um like like you you had said i can't dance and it's a word <laughs> that we don't use can't it's a dirty word i'm sorry i, I apologize yeah i will tell your mother <laughs> i would tell i would tell whoever's in charge of you right. i'm gonna tell um and and i say that in class uh you, you know um i also taught at the ymca and we had the students make signs that says like c-a-n-t we don't use that here you know like <laughs> all around the room sure. it's a dirty word right it's i'm not able to do it right now um i'm working on that right now right i can't i'm not able to do that yet 
trying to change that language, even though it's just words, it's Mm -hmm. just words, but the power that you, that you give the life that you give that one word, like as you know, I navigated most of my life based on that one, Mm -hmm. that one teacher and what that one teacher told me. So that power that we give that word, um, we remove it, okay. right? So you can dance, just so you know. All right, good <clears throat> just to know. So you know. That's good to know. But um, pretty excited about that. But <laughs> <laughs> and that actually is that actually is a not, is like a challenge. It's it's a happy challenge. Yes. When I hear one of my students, I can't do that, Miss Loya, and I'm like, oh, but wait, can I do it? Mm. Yeah, but oh, so wait, if I can do it, gotcha. like, am I better than you? No. Oh. Mm. All right. I'm just saying, you said you can't, you said I'm better than you. I'm just saying, you know, just being, being able to turn that around so that their language changes in the classroom, but then changes on in their own life. Right. So Miss Oya, let me ask you this question. What, uh, what is the can't that you're getting around for yourself right now? For myself? Yeah. Come on now. (laughs) I mean, I like him. <laughs> I do. Be- no, because because so listen. So listen, what had happened was <laughs> the can't right now, um I have this business that I've been trying to get off the ground. I have these two partners. Um and it's basically everything that we're discussing right now, right. going into the classroom. Um in this time going right. into the classroom and giving students who don't have access to dance, who don't have access to, um, it's called Project Move. Okay, I like it. like the title. And um, it's, we are trying to create leaders of tomorrow, right, um, that are also going to give back to their community. Mm. So we have um, Stephanie Patoko who does hip hop using mm-hmm. hip hop as the voice. We also have my other, my dance stuff, but we have the hip hop as the voice. We have Miss Nula also at my other, at the studio who does costume design and costume craft, teaching them just whatever you have here, we're going to use this to create a costume. Mm. So whatever materials are around, that's what we're going to use. Cause who has money to buy? Right. Right? Right. We're going to unstitch this. Gotcha. We're going to unstitch this bitch and we're going to make a costume. Right. Um, and then also being able to use my theater background and my dance background, all three, to create something. So mm. the students are owning their craft. They're learning choreography. They're learning also um, theater and, and, and dance also. And then they're also learning how to make their own things. Mm-hmm. Then they take it home. Hey, mommy, look. So this is what Miss Nula taught me, right? right. So who can afford Gucci? <laughs> not not right. looking at me. But how about we try to make our own stuff with what right. we have? Right. And I'm, I'm sharing that because um, our idea was to bring that into the school system. No school is going to let us in right now. Right. I have two children. Mm. They're young. And um, everything is just, I probably have to wait till they get older. Right. Well... Miss Miss Oya, I would say that it's just not there now. What is the phrase? Oh, <laughs> damn, no, he did it. <laughs> we'll drop that. We'll oh, just drop no, that right he there. Did it. <laughs> but it's the it's coming because it I'll is. tell you what, everything I've gotten it from is. you in this in this brief time we've had together, and I appreciate <laughs> every minute you've given me, is that the things that are necessary most in the world right now uh, will only be 
provided and solved by people and artists like you. It's the only way. Mm. Like I said, it's the only way to break those bubbles is, and, and cross those lines is to have somebody who understands what they are to begin with Ugh. and then reach across. So uh, before I let you go here, uh, where can people find, like, is there websites and stuff or wh where do people find you? Do they, where do you, they teach like is I'm, there something that I'm, the audience should know where to find you i'm everywhere but <laughs> I'm, I'm um stage door school of dance stage I'm door stage door school, school of, of dance. dance monday nights mm -hmm. i teach adults as well okay um i'm at theatrics performing arts okay that's out other, east right that's um we're at holbrook right now okay and that's every other sunday um i'm at tillis performing arts center i bring a class to little pods to people's <laughs> homes, but we're also in schools via Zoom. Um, I'm at Theater 3 doing online stuff for them. Right. Um, oh my gosh. ProjectMoveNY.org is our company that we are going to make happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Going to make happen. We're right. doing things now. Um, yeah, and hopefully the YMCA Bayshore will open up again for dance. Like that's great. That's, so you're you're just spreading it everywhere, I'm all, all over, over all over the place. I'm all over. Well, I appreciate you stopping by here. This was awesome, and uh, I oh, I, you, it was my pleasure. Uh, this was great. I this will. is also very uplifting. I needed this. I didn't realize. Good. You know, so well, I, I needed. I feel I, needed I feel good about that. <laughs> I appreciate well, it. Well, you, you taught me a lot, and I'm sure everybody else out there learned. So thanks so much for uh, for coming by. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank, Thank you, you, Ed. Thank yeah. you, Ed. Thank you. <laughs>